Yeah, good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, that was awesome, awesome worship. And while we were worshiping this morning, I was just reminded of the fact that it's, it's sometimes so easy to sing these songs. And um, I believe that the word has sort of landed a very directional word with me. It's going to be a tough one this morning. So I would encourage you to put your seatbelts on because this is going to be a bumpy, a bumpy ride this, this morning. But I believe it is from the Lord and I believe there's a specific reason why I want me to share, share this specific word. So the, the title of what I want to share with you today, it's uh, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. So if I had to ask you this question, are you, service, uh, are you serving the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness? Um, I'm quite sure that 99.99999% of the people in this audience will say, I'm serving the kingdom of light. Um, and I was reminded why we were singing this morning as well is, and praying in the prayer meeting, I was sort of a little bit convicted, are we really putting the Lord Jesus Christ as our King of kings and our Lords of Lords um, in every aspect of our life? And I think that is the, the main theme of this morning. It's, it's easy to read scriptures. It's easy to sing these songs. But I want to almost put that to the test this morning. So just bear with me. I am going to ask this question towards the end as I'm sharing scripture and some thoughts around this topic. And what I decided to do is maybe just to start off with uh, Matthew 6, verse uh, 33. So it says here, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So once again, it's so easy, and this is quite late in Matthew 6, 33, um, that this specific verse pops up, and we tend to go to the last bit because that is the lacquer bit for us. Um, all these things will be given to us as well. So we think it's sometimes it's easy. We know there's a kingdom, and we know that there's righteousness. So it means in right standing with the Lord. But my question comes back, that king that we are serving, what king are we serving in all aspects of our lives? So first and foremost, I just want to start off by maybe just reading the definition around the kingdom of God and what does it mean. So this is the, the definition that I've got off the, off the internet. Kingdom of God represents God reign and rule over all aspects of creation, inviting people to live in alignment with his purpose and his value. Through Jesus Christ, people are invited to enter the kingdom, experience forgiveness of sin, and to reconcile with God. The kingdom of God is not limited to earthly kingdoms, but extends to eternity. So we see in here that there's a, there's a kingdom, and in that kingdom, uh, God is ruling in that specific kingdom. And we, He rules over all life, all creation, um, but we need to align to His purposes and to His values. And we are invited to enter to His kingdom. So when we get to that stage, we... Um, we feel in our hearts that we want to give our life to the Lord. And I think that just the sharing of the testimony this morning is, is quite prevalent as well, is we sometimes drift off, but the Lord constantly pulls us back. He wants us in that kingdom. And we can read in Scripture as well is in Matthew 6, where he speaks about this kingdom come. So I'm going to dive a little bit into, into that as well. So to start us off, I've got three points. Um, and it speaks about that specific righteousness. And if you read 
from the beginning in Matthew 6. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. And then there's three specific areas that it goes into. So it says in terms of your giving, how do you give? And I think in Scripture it actually says, with trumpet. And I think in our day and age we don't blow trumpet. I've given to somebody, I've blessed somebody. But it's so easy to go on YouTube or to put a message out there to say in terms of this is what I'm doing in terms of giving. It's so easy to put that message on Facebook to say, I've contributed to the church. And I was reminded of it this morning as well when we spoke about giving in church where who shared, we don't have baskets going around that we can put the money in. It's so easy to fork out the 200 rand and put it there for something to stand up in your heart to show other people this is what I'm giving. And we're actually so fortunate that we don't do that. We contribute um, almost in secret, and that's what the Lord sees. So the one is around giving. Then the next one is around prayer. And in Matthew 6, in the beginning, it speaks specifically around prayer. How do we, how do we pray? And it speaks about the hypocrites in church in those days where they went into the synagogues and they prayed out, light for, out loud for other people to see them. And even on the street corners. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong praying on the street corners, but what is your heart in all of that? Are you really servicing, serving the kingdom of God, or are you serving your own kingdom? So I want to leave that with you guys. If you've got um, a chance to pray, and the scripture is very specific around this, go into your room, close the door behind you, and to pray in secret to the Lord. And then the last one that it actually speaks about in, in Matthew 6, it speaks about um, if you're fasting. And I've done a couple of fasts in my life. And it, sometimes it gets quite tough to fast and you feel I'm dying on the inside. But Scripture is really encouraging us once again not to put up that face to show I'm suffering. Um, I'm going through a difficult time. For other people to ask you, you look terrible. Are you fasting? What's happening in your life? And I don't believe that's the, the Lord's heart for us. It's where's our heart? How do we position our heart in terms of giving? How do we position our heart in terms of prayer? How do we position our heart in terms of fasting for the Lord? So it's all, I think in all of these things, the Lord wants to reward us. But I think for me it is, all of, out of all three things, it's how do we position our hearts towards the Lord? And then from there, I want to actually jump a few verses into Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21, where it speaks about, thank you, Herman, where it speaks about, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroys and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So there's two things there for me. The one talks around um, the things that we store up. And it's so easy to focus on our earthly possessions. It's so easy to look at the cars that we're driving, the house that we've got. And it's so easy to be deceived. And once again, to lean more towards the kingdom of darkness in some of the decisions that we might make. And maybe just an example that I can share with you guys recently, I got the opportunity to 
work on this massive big project in Namibia. But in that, they already told me, it's like almost like dang dangling a carrot in front of you. If you work on this project, we will make sure that we pay a big bonus out to you. We will make sure that there's... Um, that you will be recognized within the organization if you do this project. So immediately you think in your heart, wow, more money, more prestige. All of those things stand up in your heart, but then there's a price to pay. And that price is 80 months away from your family. 80 months where you will only see them maybe once a month or week, week in a month. That means you can't join comms groups, most probably not church services on this side. So there's a whole... Oh, host of things that you now need to sort of give into, and then you need to ask yourself the question, what am I doing? And in my example, I immediately reached out to people around me to say, let's pray into this because I just don't, I don't get the peace in my heart, and I feel that this carrot is dangled in front of me to distract me from what the Lord actually wants to do. So I want to encourage you guys, and it's, it doesn't even need to be that big. I think for us, you apply for a, a new job. You may be not too overly happy with the current job that you're in. And now you pray to the Lord, Lord, please send me another job. And sometimes you don't pray. You think, I'm going to step out of this organization and I'm going to go somewhere else because I'm going to be happy there. And I can trust you, if you don't seek the Lord's will in that, you will fail and you will cry out to the Lord. And then you will go back to some of these verses where, all good things will be added, and then you start asking yourself the question, but Lord, in Scripture you speak about all these good things that's going to be added to my life, yet I'm not seeing it. And I believe today the reason for we're not seeing that is we're not putting God first and His kingdom first, and we're not seeking His righteousness. So we look at righteousness, the word righteousness, it's in right standing with the Lord. Um, and I've had discussions with many people in this congregation that they've got challenges in their hearts. And maybe, if you don't mind, I, I want to use you as an example. I was just reminded while I was actually seeing you sitting there, Yehu came to me the other day to say he just feels that he needs to step down in his organization. Well, actually, before he shared that, I must maybe just take a step back. We actually prayed for him in front. And I actually felt that the Lord is saying he's a pillar of strength in his organization. There's people looking up to him for encouragement and um, just to, yeah, just to empower them um, in a lot of aspects of their, their lives. They're looking onto Yichu to help them. And then he told me a little bit later, he's actually thinking of resigning and stepping down. And it can be something small like that where it stands up in our hearts. We don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go through the struggles anymore. But the Lord has placed you in that position, in that specific season of your life. So I want to really encourage you guys this morning, as you look for new opportunities, keep on putting your CV out there if you believe that is from the Lord, and if the Lord instructs you to do that. Also, don't, don't sit back and think things will just happen magically. It's stepping forward, putting your CV out there and just trusting the Lord. Lord, I'm seeking you for a new job. I'm seeking you for new opportunities. We also heard when we were in the Netherlands, this one guy also gave a testimony, um, they they're planting a church in, in the UK, and he said um, he started applying for, for different jobs. And then he really felt that the Lord said, this is the job that you need to apply for. He applied for it. He got the interview. He humbled himself because that specific job 
was at a much lower level than sort of the job that he used to do in South Africa, but he, he, he made that decision seeking the Lord's will, seeking his kingdom, and he went for the interview. And halfway through that interview, the lady looks at him across the table and she says, you know what, we've got something better for you. Do you mind if I call so-and-so because I believe that we've got a better job, a higher paid job, and I think it's something that you would, in, that you would enjoy a lot more. And then immediately she phones this person. He says, I want to interview him, send his CV through, and he managed to secure that, that position. So I want to encourage you with those kind of testimonies. If you w walk in the will of the Lord, and I've seen it so many times, um, and if you're in right standing with his will, he will add all those things that you see at the back of 633, he will add to your life. There's also just two other scriptures that I, I just want to highlight. Um, and you can see, if you read through the Bible, and maybe you can even Google this, where it warns around the, da the dangers of richness. So that's greed, money, hungry, those kind of aspects. And we see in Matthew 13, verse 20 22, Matthew 13, verse 22, where it speaks about sowing of the seeds. And that seed uh, falls between the, th the thorns. This deceitfulness of wealth and the worries of this world causes that seed not to to bear fruit. And we see that so often. Yeah, actually, thank you for putting it up. Um, he also that receives seed among those thorns is that heareth the word and care for the world. And the deceitfulness of riches choked the world and he became unfruitful. And that's some, sometimes things what happen as well. We get so fixated on us acquiring more things that we think is going to make us happy in this world but it just sucks out all the life. And then we look back and we think, but God, you are a God that wants to bless us. You are a God that's giving more, that wants to give to us, but yet we're not seeing in our lives. And sometimes it can be something like that. And then in Matthew 19, verse 20, I'm sorry, Herman, I didn't give you all these, these verses. Uh, Matthew 19, verse 20, which speaks about that young man that came to Jesus to say, Jesus, what do I need to do? And he told him, sell all your possessions. And then he turned around and he wept because it was just too tough for him to give up all his earthly possessions. He didn't want to serve the kingdom of God. Um, and his, was more his wealth was more important for him. And then lastly, point three, uh, it's out of the same Matthew 6 verse 24 on the NIV, which speaks about the uh, uh, impossibility of serving two masters. And um, Herman, I think they amplified. Um, so no one can serve two masters. So just think of this um, in you serving. And the question that I asked in the beginning, are you serving the kingdom of light? Are you serving the kingdom of dark, darkness? Because this speaks about Slaves in those days, so a slave can only serve one master. So the question that I want to leave with you is, which master are you serving? No one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will stand by and be devoted to one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful, deceitful riches, money, Possessions or whatever is tr uh, 
is trusted in. So this last portion, and, and Mammon, I actually want to just go into a little bit around Mammon so you can understand exactly what that means. You can see there's a, a play of words because in the NIV it speaks about God and money towards the end. You can't serve both God and money. And the Amplifier actually explains Mammon around money, possessions, fame, status, those kind of things that sort of stands up in our hearts quite quickly. But what I want to do is I just want to explain Mammon. So it says in the New Testament, Testament the Bible is commonly um, taught to mean money, material wealth, or any entity that poses wealth and is associated with the greedy pursuit of gain. And the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke both quoted Jesus using the word in a phrase often rendered in English as you cannot serve both God and mammon. And mammon in Hebrew actually means money. The word was adopted to modern Hebrew to mean wealth. So my question again is, therefore, we must ask if Jesus is our Lord and Master or something else. Or who are we worshipping? And as I stand before you guys this morning, um, and as Kirshen also shared the testimony, I, I just felt that it is something that I would like to share with you guys before. And I've got some, somebody in the audience that actually knows me almost for my entire career, so he can, he can um, also attest to, to what I'm sharing today. As when I started off my career, I myself was, I went to church, thought I had a good relationship with the Lord, I read my Bible, I prayed now and again, and I didn't actually realize how far I was from the Lord. So if I had to look at the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness in terms of where I was um, when I started my career, I can almost tell you I was in that kingdom of darkness. Because what did I aim for is I wanted the best job I could get. So I applied for several jobs, several positions, and re-answering in the audience, he knows that. I got hungry every three years. I thought... I need to get a higher job, a higher paying job, so I can buy a bigger house, I can drive a fancier car, I can get more money, I can go more on vacation, I can provide more for my family. And throughout all those things, and it's been now a journey of 30 years almost, um, those things never make you happy. It just took me a long, long time to realize in all of those things, seeking earthly possessions, seeking earthly wealth. I struggled. So what also happened, I started struggling with anxiety. I had sleepless nights where I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. And you can ask how many as well. I woke up in the morning and then I didn't sleep the whole night. I was tired. I was burnt out. And I never realized it. So slowly but surely, it's almost that gray area where you step from the kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness and you venture there now and again. And I think it potentially resonates with some of you. Some of the things are clear-cut. I'm not going to serve the kingdom of darkness. It's quite clear for me. But then there's certain things where, like I shared now, is you want to apply for a position and you don't seek the will of the Lord and you apply for that position, you'll get that position, you'll even praise the Lord for that position. And then a month into this new position with more money, fame, status, it's not what you thought it's going to be. And now there's pain and there's suffering. And then we start praying to the Lord, Lord, where are you? Help me. 
I mean the valley of darkness. So we can easily fall into that trap. So I want to just this morning think about those kind of things. What is your reasoning behind some of these things that you decide? And do you really seek the Lord's will in some of the things that you decide to do? So the entire Bible is crafted to the, to the narrative of the incredible story of Jesus. And the reason why I also chose uh, Matthew 6, and it's actually quite incredible. As you read through Matthew 6, it becomes clearer and clearer what you should do. It's actually ending off speaking about anxiety as well. Uh, and I believe that that is the message that Jesus wanted to, li to leave with the people in that time. To start off by looking at the way that you're serving Him and where's your heart in all of that in terms of fasting, praying, and giving, because all those things are good, but how's your heart positioned in, in, in all of that? And then it speaks about health, wealth, and how you, how you spend your wealth, and how you provide to other people. So I would really encourage you to read through the whole of Matthew 6, because Matthew 6 actually guides you, directs you, in terms of there's a kingdom, who do you, who do you place in that kingdom, who do you serve in that kingdom, we, we sang now is putting Jesus first in everything. It's so easy to sing that, right? But if we are asked to lay everything down, to lay all our possessions down, will that be something that you would do? So I want to encourage you today is just don't leave this message, um, what I've shared just today. Pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to your heart certain aspects of your life that you may, maybe need to change. And I'm going to end off, I've just summarized a couple of points that, that should help you in this area, just seeking the Lord's will in your life and things that you can potentially do. Just those 10 practical steps to intentionally seek and find out um, what the Lord wants for your, for your life and your walk and serving in this kingdom of His. So the first one is just regularly reading and studying your Bible. And in Psalm 119 verse 11, it speaks about, I've hidden your word in my heart. So I think for us it's just that, just getting to that habit where you daily spend intentional time with the Lord, intentional time in your Bibles, reading these teachings and, and stories, and just finding the, the wisdom as you read through them, the Holy Spirit will reveal certain things to you. And then my second point um, is prayer. And it's that, and you see in Scripture as well, where we get encouraged to say, pray continually. So foster a, a strong prayer, prayer life. And sometimes also just share our joys. I often find we, we go to the Lord to say, Lord, um, I'm in trouble, help me. Lord, I need guidance and direction. But also just sharing with the Lord in saying, Lord, thank you. I come before you with a thankful heart. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my church community. I'm thankful for my extended family. I'm thankful that I've got a job. Maybe it's not the best job or the greatest job. Thank you that I've, I don't have a lot of money in the bank, but at least I've got money in the bank. And I think a lot of us suffered towards the end of January as well. We thank you, Lord, that we've made it to the end of January. But to be thankful on those things. And maybe you didn't make it to the end of January and you're trusting the Lord uh, in what He's going to do for February. It's just with a thankful heart, uh, praying to the Lord. And then for me personally, I think eliminating any and all uh, idols, which says in Colossians 3 verse 5, 
Colossians 3 verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is adultery. And I want to extend that a little bit to material possessions, unhealthy relationships. And while I was writing this down, the Bible also speaks not to be unevenly yoked. So sometimes, I know that the young ladies are praying for the Lord, they don't have a relationship, or even the young guys, and you're praying for the special person, that the Lord will send that person, but then you see this person that sort of cross your path, but it's not a child of God. And the, the scripture is very specific around this. When you enter into those kind of relationships, be very careful. And that's maybe the, the direction that I felt this morning, just give a little bit of direction around that. Just make sure when you go into those relationships, it's much easier to go into a relationship where you're not unevenly yoked. So I want to encourage you guys. And we've got some very good examples sitting in front of the, the church this morning with Naomi and Ian as well. Is from, from the go. And I believe the, the Lord will, has blessed them and will bless them going forward because they decided to do the right thing. So if there's any of those relationships, it can go, go bad quite quickly. If you think out of yourself, this is the relationship I need to be in, you step into it. You step into a whole host of challenges and potential problems. And then just um, submit all your emotions to God. And the scripture that I've um, highlighted here is in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, which speaks about, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So it's very prescriptive in terms of if we experience that anxiety, which is not from the Lord. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I've seen that so many times. If you don't have that peace, then you can, I can almost promise you, nine out of ten times, you're on the wrong path. Or you haven't seek the Lord enough in this. So it's, it's very specific around petition and thanksgiving and surrendering your emotions to God in prayer. And then my fifth point is community and fellowship. And we've seen it, and we've said it so many times. A lot of people would approach me uh, in, in Josh Jane Central and say, there is a conference coming up. Do we really need to be at that conference? Wednesday evening, I'm a little bit tired. Do I need to be at community? Sunday morning, we hear people overdose on, on Oros, and then they can't make it, they can't make it to, to church. But it is, I believe, super, super, super important because that's where we get encouragement. That's where we get people that can pray for us. That is where we can seek perspective in aspects of our life. So as I'm, I'm learning, I, I literally only have um, five points to, to finish off. But I was at attending a just community fellowship. It's on my heart, community equipping sessions. Outreaches. We saw that now reaching out to the Netherlands. We were encouraged to reach out to other judging congregations. I want to really encourage you in that. And then my sixth point, sixth point is generosity and service. And I'm not going to labor on this point because we spoke about it in 6.2. If you give generously, what does it mean? Do you blow your trumpet? Doo, 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 doo. I've given or how do you give? Um, and I believe the Lord will see your heart in that. And then 
um, faith in God's promises. And as you read through the Bible, it speaks about provisioning. It speaks about protection. It speaks about healing. It speaks about wisdom. And it speaks about eternal life. So encouraging you to not nitpick those scriptures, because I've been convicted quite a bit in that, where we, we tend to pull out the piece that's, that's sitting lacquer with us, that last bit of the scripture. That's what I want to really take. But you don't want to do the first part, which is the tough part. Uh, really encourage you with that. And then uh, point eight is worship and, and, and serve God. In Luke 4, uh, Luke 4 verse 8, it says, Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. And it comes back to the idols as well. Which of those idols are we actually serving? Or are we serving the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? And do we honor Him? And do we worship only Him? Or do we worship something else? And then point nine, mindf mindfulness of God's presence. In Hebrews 13 verse 5, uh, Hebrews 13 verse 5, it says, Keep your lives free from a love of money and be content with what you have. Because God, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Once again, we read the last part, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Lord, why are you leaving me? Why are you forsaking me? But we don't do the first part. We will live our lives free from money and uh, be content in the things of the Lord. And then my last one, and the point that I want to end off with, is confession and repentance. So around confession and repentance, I really felt that we need to examine our hearts. And I've said it many, many times now, confessing our sins, looking at distractions in our lives, looking at those things that's hindering your relationship with Jesus. Um, and I believe repentance is just bringing us closer to the Lord. So in James 5, 16, um, Herman, if you can bring that one up for me. I think I gave you the... I gave you the amplified version on this one. I can't remember. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So I want to encourage you with this. It actually says in the amplified version, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man a believer is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God it is dynamic and it can have tremendous power so once again I want to leave you with that question around the kingdom of light and the kingdom of of darkness. Yeah, and I want to end off with that. Um, if you've been convicted this morning in your heart, because I believe that the Lord wanted to do a little bit of surgery this morning, and as we open up our hearts, He will reveal those aspects in our heart where we, we don't put Him first. We make decisions without consulting the Lord of Lords and the Kings of Kings, and where we're not allowed aligned to His righteousness, so we're not in right standing. So if I can just ask that you would just bow your heads and that I, I just want to end off in, in prayer for us this morning. Yeah, Father God, we're so thankful that, um, yeah, that we've got Scripture, Lord. 
that you've given us your, your holy Bible, Lord, that we can seek your will, that we can seek your righteousness, but also, Lord, that you convict us in our hearts um, in terms of things that we need to do and how we need to serve you, Lord. How do we position our hearts? So, Lord, this morning, I just want to pray if there's anybody here this morning that, 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 has, that didn't have the opportunity, as Kirsten shared this morning, her testimony was that she reached that stage of her life where she realized that she actually didn't know you, Lord, that she was slowly but surely drifting or maybe far away from you, Lord, and she seeked your face, she seeked your will in her life. So this morning, I just want to put it out there, if there is anybody, anybody here this morning that wants to put up their hand to say, Lord, I want to raise my hand. I want to this morning confess that I've, I've never got to that place where um, I've put up my hand to say, Lord, I'm here this morning. I want to experience you more. So I want to encourage you this morning, if there's anybody in this audience that just feels the Holy Spirit is just working through them this morning, that feels convicted, that wants to put up their hand and say, Lord, here I am. Or even maybe you've backslidden. You've come to realize this morning, and the Holy Spirit convicted you this morning, that I'm not in a good place. If I listen to, to what I believe the Lord shared this morning is, I'm not in a good place. I, wanna, I want you to to raise your hand, that we can pray for you afterwards. Is there anybody? So the first group really haven't had an encounter with the Lord. And Lord, I want to give my all to you as we sang this morning. I want to put you first in my life. I want to put you first in all aspects of my life. While you're praying, I just want to read it out again. James 5.16 Therefore confess your sins to one another your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. So Lord, we're trusting for healing, we're trusting you for restoration. And as we confess our sins, the bold step we took, Lord, this morning in terms of maybe it's big offenses and maybe it's small offenses, we just want to pray for one another this morning. And like you say in Scripture, the heartfelt and the persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, is able to accomplish much. And we don't look at the person that's praying for us, Lord, but that they can stand in the gap, but that we put you first, Jesus, that we pray to you this morning, God, and we know that you can make those prayers effective. And in those prayers are tremendous power. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you, Lord.